Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. This is a brand new story I never heard before, and my son just told me the story. Now, my son lives in Postville, Iowa. Postville, Iowa sounds like a way, way out there place, and it actually is. But there is a Jewish community there, Hasidic community, about 60 families. And the story of how they got there is for another time. But anyway, there is a very nice Jewish community there, a Hasidic community. And my son teaches in the Basifta, teaches boys 14 to 17 years old. So there's not many Jewish people outside of Postville and Pretty much all the Jewish people in Postville, if not all of them, are from already. And so the idea of Mitzvahim, of going out on mitzvah campaigns to find people who are not yet so involved in Torah mitzvahs and try to influence them and teach them and share with them so that they become more involved with Torah mitzvahs, it's kind of hard to do in Postville because everybody's already on board. So... You have to spread out further. And my son went with his family, his wife and their children, Baruch Hashem. And out they went to um, some little place where the Shliach had said that there was a Jew living there, an older Jew, older man, 75 years old. And they went there, and they talked with him, and he said, yeah, he's really upset about what's going on in Israel. He said, if I was, he said, he said, I would like to go over there and fight. I would like to join the army and fight. So my son said to him, my son's name is Mendy, he said, well, you know, you're 75, and your health is not uh, the best right now, so I don't know if the army would really accept you, but you know that every Jew is really in the army of Hashem. And even if we're not fighting with guns and planes and tanks, but our fight is just as important, and that's the fight of Torah and mitzvahs, of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Well, at the end of the discussion, this man had decided, had made a chachlata, a chachlata, a resolution, to put on tefillin every day. He understood now so well the great importance of putting on tefillin and how powerful it is and how it literally puts fear into the hearts of our enemies that he made achlata, 75 years old. He said, okay, I'm going to put on tefillin every day. Now, he didn't have a pair of tefillin. So my son Mendy put on tefillin with him, with his own tefillin. He couldn't leave it there. But the next day he went back with a borrowed pair of tefillin. He lent him a pair of tefillin. And they sat down together, and the old man ordered a pair of tefillin. So until his tefillin come, he has a pair to borrow, and he's going to put it on every day. Now, this is a huge accomplishment. This is something which really um, brings tremendous light into the world. But that's only part one of the story. Part two of the story is that this person is in one area 
near post, not so near Postville. Nothing's really near each other over there. Everything's very spread out. But then they also went to another place, and this was in Des Moines. And the Shliach in Des Moines is named Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson. There's a more famous Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson who lives in Muncie and gives classes online and video and all over. But this is his cousin, or his uncle, I think his cousin. But his name is also Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson. And he told this amazing story. One time, when he was a little boy, 11 years old, he was in 770 for Simchus Torah. And that Simchus Torah, the Rebbe called out that he wants to, he, the Rebbe wants to dance with all the children, I mean the boys, all the little boys. And so it's very crowded in 770 on Simchus Torah. It's so, so crowded you can barely move two inches, let alone that little children should be able to work their way up to the Rebbe's bima. And so how do the children get there? Everybody passed children over their heads. Someone would pick up their little boy and somebody else would take him and pass him to the next person, the next person, the next person. And until uh, he was up by the Viva. So all these little kids were being handed person by person over everybody's heads up to the Rebbe's Bima and the Rebbe danced with them it was very, very special experience. Now this Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson sorry about that a little noise there this Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson tells a story that when he was 11 he was actually quite overweight unfortunately and um, therefore, when they tried to pass him over the heads of everybody, because of his weight, uh, he fell down. It was very embarrassing. And he therefore didn't want to, you know, he said, I'm just going to stay here. He didn't want to try to get up to the Rebbe's Bima because uh, he just suffered a terrible embarrassment from his being overweight and falling and so forth. So... He knew it was a wonderful, wonderful experience for those people that got there, for the little boys that got there, that have actually danced with them. Uh, so he decided what he's going to do. He's going to have his moment with the Rebbe. He's not going to give up. And he stood near the exit of the shul. He knew that the Rebbe was going to have to go out that door, or that was always the door that Rebbe went out. So he knew that the Rebbe would go out that door, and he grabbed the spot there. There was nobody else there at that time. Everybody else was focusing on the hakafas up near the front of the shul. And he was grabbing a place. He stood his ground in that place right near where the devil would leave. And he stood there. He stood there for a long time until the hakafas were over and the devil headed towards the back of the shul to, uh, to leave. And he was determined, little Yosef Yitzchak Jacobson was determined that he was going to stand right there where the Rebbe would certainly see him and have his moment with the Rebbe. And sure enough, he did. He stood there. And the Rebbe, as he was going out, stopped, stood right in front of him, gave him a beautiful, long look, and made three, uh, I'm not sure what you call these things, uh, where the Rebbe waves his arm in an upward motion. Uh, not sure, I don't think it has a name, but 
it, it it's sort of like a a very strong uh, encouraging upward empowering motion that the, that the Rebbe makes you know with, with his fist you know very very positive uplifting empowering movement it needs a name but I'm not sure what the name is not a it's not a salute uh, I don't know what it's called we have to get a name for it. And he gave him three of these. Now, often the Rebbe would do this with one one time, this motion, this up, empowering motion, this upraised fist in a good way. But three, nobody ever sees the Rebbe do that. That's very, very unusual, if ever. And so he had his moment with the Rebbe. It was very special. He was, and he was, uh, you know, recovered from having missed out. He was felt good, you know, yes, he did have the down moment, but he right away said, okay, I'm not going to let me get it down, I'm not going to let it get me down, I'm going to do something positive and he did, and it worked out beautifully that obviously encouraged him and um, that's the story that he remembered for many, many years now, recently he took a group of his um, congregation of his uh, people that he brought close to Yiddishkeit from Des Moines, Iowa. He took them to 770 to, for a few days just to be there and to absorb the atmosphere and the inspiration and the, uh, you know, whatever's there in 770, all the spiritual treasures that one can find there. Perhaps they went to the Rebbe's room. I don't know. Perhaps they went to the oil. I'm sure they must have gone to the oil where the Rebbe's buried. Um, the resting place, I guess, is a nicer way to say it. And, you know, to really soak up the, the, the vibes there. And it so happened, he brought his people into 7-7, into the shul. It just so happened, Boshkach Pratis, that his group, his handful of people that he brought with him, uh, stopped exactly in the spot where this story happened to him when he was 11 years old. Exactly. So happened, but they didn't know anything about, about this the different place in 770. I don't think they knew the story either, but they just happened to stop and sort of group themselves there. And when he noticed it, he said, ah, everybody's standing in this spot. Let me tell you what happened to me in this exact spot when I was 11 years old. He told him the story. And I'm not sure if he did at the end, but I would think that at the end of the story, he showed what the Rebbe did, probably by looking his group of uh, of uh, Mikuravim, of congregants, right straight in the eye with a big smile, and gave them three of these, you know, upward motion uh empowering uh, fists. And so we see that a story that started with a boy 11 years old is continuing still today. And now I'm telling you this story and you could tell it to somebody else. And maybe you'll look at a video and see what I mean by this motion that they haven't made all the time with his right hand, this encouraging motion if you haven't seen it before. Watch some of the videos and you'll see See that I've been doing this. It's a very encouraging motion. And uh, in this way, holiness never goes away. And so too, the holiness of Hanukkah never goes away. 
but we just extend it and we extend it and we grow it and we grow it, constantly adding more light throughout the entire year. The light of Hanukkah is really the light of the Geula, our sages tell us. May it happen immediately, and especially thanks to your extra Torah mitzvahs, as well as complete and quick victory over all of our enemies in Gaza and wherever else they may be, and leading immediately to the Geula now and even sooner. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. If you would like to have a story told, or if you would like to tell a story for for Jewish Stories and More, please email it to me at jewisheducate at gmail.com. Just make a recording of the story or a request. Email it to me at jewisheducate at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And may we see Mashiach and the Gula now.